And just like that, we're at episode 180 with the great Peter Jones from the UK. Doesn't get any better, really. I'd have to say. But one other thing we got to talk about. Someone gave us a one-star rating on iTunes. How dare you? How dare you? Do you know the boomer is almost 80 years old? His heart can't take that. But appreciate everybody out there. Five-star ratings. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Get it. I'm going to show you. Okay, we have the underscore IT underscore hedgehog Peter Jones joining us today. And Peter, first things first, how you doing, buddy? Doing doing really good. Yes, I think you were about to ask about my dog had to go to the vet this morning, but he's good. He's good. He's got a slight <laughs> he's got a slight hip dysplasia. So every now and again he just has a little niggle and but yeah, everything's good. So what what is what does that require then? Is that like dog uh, anti-inflammatories for yeah. the hip? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. So so he needs to lose a little bit of weight. <laughs> um, don't we? Don't we all? We know. How, we, we know. All, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we know. It's the off season. See, that's what happens. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just a little touch of anti-inflammatories, and he's he's good. Big Daddy Boom Boom, how you doing? Well, there's. Uh not even a hint of sun it's just gray and it's gonna rain apparently all day so doing great though hey it's warm it is warm out doing my uh doing my morning walk with the dog in shorts finally working outside in a t-shirt a huge improvement over the last week uh so spring's here kind of excited about it all kinds of fun stuff going on with our packers and got all kinds of stuff to talk about rock and roll well uh first things first guys we have a game on October 9th that's going to be happening over there in London. And uh, before we hit the record button, we were talking about the demand for tickets and how hard it is for uh, people to get tickets over in London. And Eric, I, I want you to clarify a little bit because there's something that you were talking about as far as what season ticket holders here uh, have the opportunity to get those tickets and if they don't want them, uh, can resell them to, to, to people. I know that Twitter has quite a few people that have asked uh we have that on our timeline on twitter as well uh retweeted another fellow over there in the uk looking for tickets so uh it's going to be interesting but i think if uh, you're able to help uh, let's see if we can't help but uh explain that to me a little bit better uh well i'll i'll do my best and i have very little confidence in what i'm about to say but i believe the stadium and is it totem uh it seats Tottenham, about yeah. what i read was i think sixty-two thousand. 62,500 and each of the two teams is allotted X amount of tickets. And it's my understanding that the teams make those tickets available first to their season ticket holders. And so I am going to, to try to help out uh, uh, our friends uh, uh, on other podcasts. And of course the great Peter Jones. And of course my nephew Hansi, who's residing uh, in London these days. Um, to see if I can't get the uh, single greatest punter in the history of Lakeland High School's family to uh, actually pursue those tickets. Because I would imagine they're going to be pricey. Going to be pricey. Uh, but if we can do anything we can do to help out our uh, UK uh, brothers get tickets, I think is something that everybody out there listening, there's a, you know, you, it, what, what people that aren't in our little sphere don't realize is the level of commitment and the quality of uh, of the fans uh, in the uk for the green bay packers i mean these guys are crazy they're just like us there's just a body of water between us 
there are brothers there and anything we can do to try to help get them tickets is something that we should all be doing if you if you have the capacity to get tickets you'll not have trouble getting rid of them please get them so that we can do uh, the the most that we can to help out our uh, brothers from across the pond well said i think everybody listening to this and you fans in the uk will really appreciate that i think the biggest you know everybody here is so excited um like you say there's a very dedicated pack of fan base here and the question that Every fan is asking every other fan here is how on earth get tickets. And there's so many messages already in Facebook groups and what have you that just saying, I'm so excited, but I don't think I'm going to be able to go because I can't get tickets. So anything that's going to help help fans here get tickets would be would be fantastic. Yeah. And it's going to be a game against the New York Giants. Is there a significant New York Giants fan base over there in the in the UK that you know, we don't hear about or is. Yeah. I mean, I, th I think there's a, I think there's a decent fan base here. So, so, you know, when, when it first came on TV here was the early, it was the early eighties and then the mid eighties, the giants, mm. you know, won won that yeah. super bowl with Lawrence Taylor and Phil. Sims Nobody and more all, marketable all, all, than all, him, right? Yeah. All, all of those guys in that period of time. So I think, I think there's a decent fan base here. And again, you know, winning the couple of super bowl, they won under Eli Manning in relatively recent, recent years um i think has helped boost that so i think there's a decent giants giants following i don't know how big because i'm not that not that close to it um all i know is the packers the packers following is is huge and all over europe you know to be fair you know yeah. packers followers fans friends in italy and scandinavia and germany and lots of people coming over whether or not they'll, they'll have tickets or not they're coming anyway, you know. So it, yeah, it's 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 a great thing, and it's been a long time coming. Uh, well, exciting <laughs> to see Saquon Barkley get absolutely destroyed by the new rookie <laughs> Quay Walker, who just signed a four-year, thirteen point eight four million dollar contract. You know, here's the thing about the linebacker. You, we were just raving about how cheap we got Devante or Devondre Campbell. We're paying this guy a couple million dollars a year too for absolute freak athleticism. Excited about him, but um, Baker Mayfield being a New York Giant possibly, and how much more marketable that team would be for me in my eyes because Baker Mayfield out there in no man's land, and uh, they have Daniel Jones who they didn't sign his fifth year uh, uh, option for. So that's a team that has questioned. Uh, that would be a fun game for me to watch. What do you guys think? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, th I, yeah, I think it's going to be, you know, it, it's it's going to be an exciting game. I, I, uh, the whole Baker Mayfield thing's really interesting. So I'm just, I, I, they're, they're playing a game of chess, aren't they? The the, the yeah. Browns, every other team that may may be interested, you know, the Browns not wanting to pick up any of that 18 million dollar contract if they can help it, but I think eventually they're going to have to eat eat some of that. Some of that's going down. Um, but you know, as the as the summer goes on, you have to believe that unfortunately there will be a team that gets a quarterback injury, if nothing if nothing else, and he's surely going to end up on a team. He's too good a quarterback, um, and with a long career still ahead of it, mm -hmm. um, for for a team not to not to pick him up. So, um, it, you know, it's it's a game of brinkmanship right now as to how that all pans out. But I, mean, I would love to, I would love I would love to see him here with the Giants. Mm -hmm. lose to the Packers of course but yeah. I would love it. <laughs> yeah 
I just think he's got a little bit of a raw deal right now with just the change. The coaches that were there, you know, starting with Hugh Jackson, were you know atrocious all the way down, and uh, he's in a tough situation. But I think talented. But I, I, the New York Giants, Green Bay Packers. I hope it's as big as it is in my head because I just think it's fantastic marketing. Uh, the players on there are stars right now, and up and comers on New York Giants. But mm. and of course, such such a his such a historic matchup for the Packers, you know, yeah. win, win, winning those championships in the early 60s, 61, 62, both against the Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, two historic franchises, you know, we, we think of how old the Packers are, well, the Giants franchise goes back to the mid-1920s, so it's very nearly just as just as old historic franchise. So it is, has everything. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and it will have a Packers victory as well, of course. Uh, hey, let's get into some Packer news because I don't know how significant it is. Eric and I have talked a lot on the phone about our offensive line. And Rasheed Walker, what an incredible seventh-round pickup for us is what we're feeling. But then, all you know, this, after the infatuation post-draft and the stats came out and you went, ah, okay, so maybe he wasn't so great, but exceptional competition, incredible size. Can we just revisit that, uh, your opinion on that, Peter? Yeah, I mean, I, I – I thought he would be a middle round pick. I stuck by that's where I thought he would go fourth, fourth, fifth round. And I think that sure, you know, there's a reason guys aren't first round picks, right? You, you know, they have flaws. And as you move down the draft, typically they have slightly more flaws. That's just the nature of why they are where, where they're, where they're picked. Um, but of course we also have to remember that first round picks have flaws as well. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't expect a guy that you pick up in the middle rounds or in this case, the seventh round to be immediately the next Anthony Munoz or, w- or whatever player you want to pick at, at, at tackle showing my age again there. Um, <laughs> when, when Anthony Munoz is the first tackle name that comes to your head. That's what showing you. <laughs> um, but I, I think what, the, you know, what they've got is they've got, they've got a guy who is a, who in my view is a good tackle and is a guy that, Yes, may move inside to guard. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the move that they've made with 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 John Runyon. You're losing absolutely nothing. And, and for <laughs> me, you're getting a guy in the seventh round that, that I think under normal circumstances should have gone in the fourth or fifth round. Everyone, everyone's a winner for me. I, yeah. I, I you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and and let's let's face it, the Packers, assuming the injury situation works itself out, and I'm sure I'm sure it will. The Packers don't need immediate help at, at mm-hmm. starting at starting tackle in any case. You know, yeah. you might need a guy that's going to fill in for a game here or half a game there. Fantastic, but yeah. it's a win-win for me. I think it's, it's 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 an excellent pick. Even two weeks after the event, it's still a, it's still an excellent pick. I, I just think that as high as we've been on Yash and the project that he was being an undrafted, where Rashid comes in seventh round, he can be that same kind of project. You know, and have time to develop because you cannot, you can't teach six six three twenty five. Imagine him in the guard next to Myers, next to Sean, <laughs> <laughs> Sean Ryan, and oh man, it's just incredible. I, it, it's it, so it, it, yeah, it really, it really is, and it isn't so many years ago. And even now, you, you look at heights and weights of guard, guys, and you think of guards being six three or six four. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even 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 now we think six four is big for a guard. You know, you kind of think of six three, three twenty, 
ideal yeah. guard size. And now we're talking yeah. six four, six five, six six guys playing at guard. It's incredible. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah, I've always thought the center was the shortest guy. And now our center is six five. <laughs> we yeah. build off that. That's <laughs> uh, amazing. So so I, I guess my theme for today is is managing expectations. And I'm glad that you went right where you did because that's one of the top I've got sort of three things that I want to talk about, and Rasheed Walker's one of them. And absolutely, uh, after the draft, picking up uh, a guy like him uh, with your third selection in the seventh round, and I was jumping up and down uh, for this guy. And along with some other draft picks, managing expectations really, I think, is is kind of important. Because if you look at it, you know, the Green Bay Packers, what, what did we think of uh, Rasheed Walker? Well, we thought enough of him in the seventh round to draft Jonathan Ford and Tariq Carpenter ahead of him. Mm -hmm. You know, he slid to the bottom, and that's where we saw him as well. I mean, we had the opportunity to take somebody like them. So, and again, who knows? Maybe he's the next Mark Tauscher, you know, a a 10-year starter out of the seventh round. That'd be great. But like everyone else, I think, on this in this draft class, we we have to be careful uh, as fans to to manage our expectations, so to speak. Yeah, and I think that's important. And I, and I think that's why, in retrospect, I think you always have to look at a draft class as a whole. Mm-hmm. So, so we like to look at the individual picks of the guy we pick in the first round and we grade him in inverted commas. But I think you have to take a draft class as a whole because you know that in 11 players, if you get three that become full-time starters, you've done, you've done really well. And who knows which three those might turn out to be. Yeah. You know, percentage-wise, it's more likely to be the guys that you pick in the first round. But you never know. I mean, you've just picked out Mark Tauscher. And we can name, you know, David Bakhtiari. And we can pick out lots of those guys over the years. Fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round picks that have worked out where the first round pick hasn't hasn't worked out. Um, you know, we can we can all name plenty of first round picks in Packer history where, for whatever reason, they just, they haven't they haven't worked out. And yet, later on in those same drafts, we'll find a Bakhtiari or a, or a Tauscher or that type of guy that that has worked out. Well, there's one guy on the defensive line that I know is going to work out, and his name is Devonta Wyatt. And uh, this guy just signed his contract as well. And man, it just seems like with the new salary cap first round structure, you know. The, the holdouts are kind of, you know, it's all about the offset language, you know, as being in any of the holdups. It's not about any of the dollars, which I love, because these guys are in there, you know, in rookie camp, which we just had this last weekend. They're in there. They're fully secured. They're participating. You know, already the clickbait's out there. Ah, how versatile Quay Walker is. And, you know, trying to throw the positive spin on. Let's pump the brakes. They're in shorts. They're figuring out what the what the drills are going to be. You know what I mean? TulipTreeGardenCO.com has Delta 8. Did you know that? Raise your hand if you knew about Delta 8. Have you tried Delta 8? Aha! If you haven't, it's something worthwhile because it is the more subtle cousin to the old Delta 9. THC, we all know that. But listen, Delta 8, legal in 42 states right now. Now check and make sure it is legal for you because you can get it online at tulipTreeGardensCO.com. Use the promo code ACME10 for 10% off. I'm telling you, they have created some of the best tasting CBD on the market. Check it out, tulipTreeGardensCO.com. All right, let's get back to the show. Colby Jones. Colby Jones. Just to have the perseverance to not just get a tryout, but then to say, all right, man, my life is going to be whatever job I can get to pay the rent, but I got to work out because I got a dream to continue pumping it out. Like this kid's been undrafted. 
bounced around all kinds of teams, has had 50 pressures, five sacks, and you know, you know, 45 games, whatever. But this is what I kind of love about the players that we get on the Green Bay Packers, like these kind of grinding, getting your fingernails dirty kind of players. And uh, I hope this guy pans out, but he filled the 90th roster spot. What does that make you feel like? The, the thing that I find interesting, all, everyone that we add to the team is fascinating, and I, I, you love to dive in and learn more about them. And, and I guess the one thing that jumped when I looked at him out is it certainly seems over the last couple of years that the RAS score, the, you know, the, the uh, relative athletics, uh, is, is more and more important to the team going forward. And this guy had a RAS of 1.39, which is the lowest that I've ever seen by anybody. <laughs> and it just makes me, uh, God, you know, you know, one of the great things, I, I still think the steal of the draft was J.J. Engelbar. And Engelbar in the fifth round seems to me to be absolutely uh, a steal for a guy that was can do what he can do. He can rush inside. He can set an edge. He's frequently compared to Zadarius Smith in that neither one of them were particularly high on the RAS score. Engelbar a little bit higher than Zadarius Smith was, but they're in the, you know, the fours, fives, and sixes in there. And this guy at one, three, nine, I, that just, I mean, God, let, let's hope. But it, if, if Zadarius Smith wasn't athletic at all at 4.3 or whatever he was, maybe this guy is going to be okay at 139. I don't know. But boy, it just seems like the opposite direction that the team's at. I, I think you've confused his RAS score with mine, Eric. It's my... my by, by by speed getting down the stairs to get the first <laughs> cup of coffee in the morning that 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 test I, th- I think the great thing about these and it happens with every team but is you can you can bet there's one guy and we don't know quite who it's going to be an undrafted free agent that will probably make the team we don't know how we don't know why yeah. we don't know who can't say at this time but there'll be one guy won't there that jumps out in in camp for some reason that 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 probably most of us have never heard of before before camp that all of a sudden jumps out and makes the team and and that's the fantastic thing about it they've got it they've got a chance and it's funny just the other day i was looking back on some of the stuff that, that we've done together in the past and i looked again at paul kaufman and mm-hmm. paul kaufman was that guy mm-hmm. you know was was the guy came into camp was given a number in the 90s as a tight end had no chance of making the team and made the team and there will be a guy in amongst all of this lot that that probably makes the team or is in the final cut and ends up on the practice squad there will be a guy um and that's the great that's the great thing about it they've got a chance peter you've got stats galore i'd just be curious if you took say for instance the last 10 years you know which team has added to their 53 the most undrafted free agents and i gotta think we're, we're, we're either at the top or we're really close that's that's been the 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 uh, the mo for the packers for a while in fact you know in the in the last five years there's been multiple multiple uh, reports of players who have elected to come as undrafted free agents to green bay based on a, a better chance of making the team there than than elsewhere which is i'm sure it's situational as well position yeah i mean yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a great question. I don't I have to be honest and say I don't, I don't know the answer, but I get the same feeling as you. I mean, you look at Kurt Benkert, for example, or Patrick Taylor. Taylor didn't quite make the 53, but has hung around and then got got to play last year. Um, and there's a number there's a number of those guys. I mean, I 
I don't know, you know, the Dominique Daphnis, those guys. There's quite there's quite a, quite a few. Yeah, Josh Nyman. There's quite this Kabian. There you go. <laughs> Mr. Ento. So there's, you know, I don't know the numbers, but you I agree with you. The feeling is that certainly with the Packers over the last few years, that that one of them make it and, and a number of them have. I just, you know, I, I just love going, I, the mental journey of the, think about the best athlete in your high school, then think about the kids that went to college, then think about the ones that went to D1 college and how rare that was. And then think about all those D1 athletes that are in tryouts that aren't going to make the team, that are committed to it year after year. I just, I, I, that's the kind of guy I want on the, uh, on the show. I want to pick his mind, like what yeah. in the world drives you to just continue year after year? undrafted you got a dream and there's something just incredibly special about that kind of person which i, I love the story I, and whether he makes a team i you know i wish him the best of luck but it's uh, these athletes that we have drafted to think about a four five one forty not to mention being six four you know 241 pounds like those kind of athletes are it's just i think about those people it's, it's it's just so rare and that's what's so exciting about this team because yeah expectations to wrap to wrap up the whole conversation in, in this we're not saying these guys from round one to round seven are bona fide starters going to be here but we have great depth right now and great projects that we're excited about um and can visualize where they fill in gaps that have been pretty prevalent for the last few years and we've still put up a 13 and three record. So, I mean, what can we do, you know, with this kind of depth and this kind of security? So I got, I got, I want to continue on with the expectation rant just for a quick minute here. Mm -hmm. And one of the things, and this is two points and it concerns Christian Watson that I'm, that um, I'm, I'm just tired of. And this is from the print media, from other podcasts, uh, talking about how Romeo Dobbs is far advanced. He's the better wide receiver that maybe Christian Watson's going to catch him in year two. And this is all based on college production. Uh, Christian Watson, if you put him on that Nevada team, would have been the clear number one. He is the superior athlete. He is a, a, a kid that can do an awful lot. He didn't get the opportunities at North Dakota. It's a running program. Um, but the, the rips on him and, and talking about how far behind he is, uh, we haven't even seen the guy on the field yet, basically. Um, so th that kind of that kind of pisses me off a bit. And and the other the other part about Watson is it's been very common common thread in the print media uh, about how uh, Albert Breer from Sports Illustrated was was the the the, the guy that just kind of set me over the edge about how the Packers have no chance uh, unless he puts up double digit touchdowns and then he's unlikely to do so, and that that doesn't see how Green Bay can win this year. And, and I just point out, and this, this also I have to attribute to, to Tom Silverstein from the Milwaukee Journal, which pains me to do so, but I do it, <laughs> I do it anyways. Um, that you can recall that uh, our, not our last Super Bowl win, but the win before, we lost Sterling Sharp the year before. Early in the year, we lost Robert Brooks. We had Don Beebe and, and, and uh, Freeman. Uh, and I'm trying to remember, uh, Derek Mays maybe, I think was maybe one of the other ones. Antonio Freeman led the 96 team with 54 catches. He was the top wideout on a Super Bowl team. Why did we win the Super Bowl last year, that year? Because we had the number one defense in the NFL. Guess whose defense just got a lot better? And we're also talking about maybe just a little bit more effective distributor of the football when talking uh, about uh, Aaron Rodgers compared to Brett Favre. That one's for you, Kek. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, and, and, and I think, you know, we could, you explore that further. I mean, Freeman broke his arm midway through that 96 season as, as well. Shimura went out with a bad foot. That was when they had that spell in the middle of the season. They lost to the Chiefs and they lost to the Cowboys. And, you know, the, the, we've talked about this before, but the Sterling Sharp, you know, how close that feeling is to the Vontae Adams feeling is so true. Absolutely. You know, Sharp was Sharp was catching a hundred balls a year when the next closest receiver was catching seven seventeen. Um, <laughs> you know, but that was a nine and nine and seven team. And 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 funnily enough, you lost one of the best receivers to ever wear the green and gold, and that team started winning more games. Yeah. Now, it's not because of that, but it's but you know, it's you cannot directly correlate losing this player to what will then happen because things change. You spread the ball out more. You run the ball more. Other guys step up. Exactly right. You know, Robert Brooks stepped up. Freeman stepped up. You know, we had Keith Jackson that stepped up. You know, the defense stepped up. And you know, and again, you know, you know, you look at the defense. So there was a, there was yes, there was Reggie White and there was Leroy Butler. But it was also a bunch of guys that, that unless you're a huge Packer fan, you'd struggle to name. Brian Williams was. I was just going to say, Brian Williams doesn't (laughs) get a goddamn word on any of those teams. It's always coots. It's, you know, he doesn't get anything. I was just thinking him. Right. So, so those, those types of guys, you know, your, your, your third safety, Mike Pryor. Right. Those guys, your third corner was Tyrone Williams. I'm not talking Tremont Williams. I'm talking Tyrone Williams. Right. Nebraska. Nebraska. Right. So all of those guys and, and, it's not just about having a superstar that racks up 20 sacks or 100 catches. Mm-hmm. That's why it's a great, one of the greatest team sports in the world. And other guys will, will step up. Mm-hmm. The tight ends will come into it more. You, know, you don't need Watson to come in and catch 100 balls. Right? This is not what we're talking about. And I, I, I think it's, I'm disappointed when I, when I, see, when I see that stuff. And... Yeah, you, know, you have to understand that when you draft, you're not just drafting for 2022. You're taking those guys for 23, for 24, for 25, and 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 beyond. And I just think that let the coaches let the coaches do their job. That's what they pay for. They know far more about this than anybody that's write, writing about it. You know, I, I think there's so much to to look forward to. Um, and I'll be honest with you, and we've said this before, I, I think it, there's an important transition as well here. It's great to be transitioning when you're doing it from a, from a position of strength. They've won 13 games in each of the last three years. There's a transition to a new core of wide receivers that are going to be there beyond, probably beyond this quarterback. And I think that's really important. That's really important as well. So I, I think all round, this is just, I think it's a fantastic position to be in. You know, nobody wants to lose. Nobody wanted to lose Devontae Adams, but that happens with every team. Every team eventually loses your Julio Jones or your DeAndre Hopkins or whoever it might be. That's just the way AJ Green a few years ago, whoever it might be, that's the way of the world. And, and you go on and you carry on. Tyreek Hill's gone from Kansas City. Kansas, that offense will probably not miss a beat. And that's just the way that the way this is peter and and eric i'll ask you guys to 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 fix the terrible uh metaphor or example that i'm going to try to use here um but with with aaron Rodgers and Devontae adams on the same team a lot of it felt like a ferrari 
with a 55 mil, 55 mile an hour speed limit. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is the two time back to back, two time reigning MVP of this league. The dude has mad skills to distribute the ball. If he no longer has that safety blanket, it requires him to be more into the game. It requires him to incorporate the rest of his teammates. That's when he's going to be at his best. I, I have I have absolutely no fears going forward this year. Uh, we're we're looking good. We're we're looking good, and I think Rogers is going to have another outstanding year. And with the additions that uh, Mr. Gudegunst has provided this defense, he's going to have more opportunities, more drives per game. And it may take a while to work the bugs out. It, it, you know, as Peter mentioned, when you're talking about transitioning to a, to a new group, yes, there, there, are, uh, there are stops and starts and, and, and there's, there's a, a time period. But we got the guy to do the job, period. Absolutely. And you mentioned the defense as well. So rather than having to score 23 points a game to win, you now got to score 20 points a game to win. That makes a huge difference over the, over the, cor- over the course of a season. And I, I, think, I think there's so much to be optimistic about. Um, you know, the quarterback's coming back for another year, two years, three years. Who, who, who knows? You, you can look across the whole of the roster and, and, yeah, of course there's question marks, but there's question marks on every team's roster. And I'd rather be sitting with those question marks off the back of three 13-win seasons than I would be in the position of most other teams in the NFL. Yeah, 100%. Yes, sir. I, I think the thing with Christian Watson, though, is I've seen just the, the extreme opposite as well, Eric, where, you know, he's going to get so many opportunities and, and Aaron Rodgers has no choice but to include Watson early being, you know, this high of a draft pick and then in the need with Devontae gone that he's going to get these targets. But let's be real. How many rookies get more than 30 receptions I'm in their first year? That's a lot of receptions for a rookie. If he gets 40 receptions, that's a lot of receptions. I, he had 43 receptions last year at North Dakota State. 43 receptions, 801 yards, seven touchdowns. If Christian Watson gets the ball thrown to him 43 times and gets 800 yards and seven touchdowns, we are going to be ecstatic. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing about all the all the naysayers, I would say, right? So... Write down right now what you think a good season would be then for, mm-hmm. for Watson, for Dubs, and we'll come back and revisit it. Yeah. Right, because it's because it's easy to sit here and, you know, Sterling Sharp caught 55 balls in his in his first season. Um, you know, and that's a guy that that would be a Hall of Fame player without the injury. So so you just don't know what what a good season is. And then you can't and I often say this with NFL teams, you can't look at players in isolation. Right. So you could have four receivers that catch 50 balls each or two receivers that catch 100 balls each that's still 200 balls guys mm-hmm. you know it, it it doesn't actually matter mm-hmm. so i just think i just think they're in a great position yeah there's lots of question marks but but it's nice to have question marks around a lot of exciting younger dynamic players and that's what they've got at wide receiver there's a whole group of exciting younger dynamic players with huge potential and none of us know what they're going to be and that's part of the excitement some of the sneaky tea leaves that i keep picking up though are you know the emphasis on what these receivers do in the run blocking arena and what that's going to mean for screen passes and everything else like i i think this year we could see a heavy dose of our running backs and uh it's exciting right 
you know, and those, both of those, you know, the start, the starting backs, Jones and Dylan, as well as being obviously excellent runners, are both huge threats as receivers out of backfield. Well, wait and, a second, Peter. Wait, wait a second. The the big fella can't catch. He's, <laughs> he's just a plodding running back who had one <laughs> drop so far in his NFL career. Yeah, those are two guys, that, you know, despite Dylan's size at 250 pounds, you know what? You can line him up out wide and cause a huge mismatch. And Jones, obviously, you can line up out wide. You can put them both in the backfield, whatever you want to do. There's so many different things. And we've not even touched on the tight end group, which, again, is one of those groups, yes, you can ask questions about. But the great thing about that tight end group is they're all different players. Yeah. They all give you different things you know from from lewis's great blocking to tunyon's great receiving and red zone threat etc etc there's so many different things in there it's it's exciting it really it really is hey you know a little shout out to the acme packer podcast uh two episodes ago uh we spent a little bit of time talking about the potential that we saw in tyler davis and the next morning there's matt lafleur saying Man, we think we got something in this kid. Like, right on, brother. Uh, well, the thing is, he, he listened. He listened to the show. That was, yeah. that was that was clear, yeah. <laughs> crystal clear, crystal clear. <laughs> I, I love the room though, and um, it's concerning for us though. For for me at least, that Dominic Daphne could be on the outside looking in because um, uh, I love him. He's a fantastic special teams player, and he's always delighted us on offense. Yeah, and and, and going back to you know, your starting point of we didn't draft one. No, we didn't, but but we didn't have 35 draft picks. You know, mm-hmm. we had we, we had, we had 11, all of which were used very, very wisely. Mm-hmm. So whichever one you didn't use, so you didn't draft Quay Walker, then we'd have been sitting here now probably saying, oh, I wish they've picked up an inside linebacker at some point in the draft. We look a bit thin. So you're always going to have that. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I think the tight end group, I think it's a very interesting tight end group because you get the feeling that, that a, a Tonyan, or a Deguara, one of them's going to break out all of a sudden. And I know Tonyan kind of kind of had that breakout year, the 50 catches, the 10 touchdowns. But you feel like, like Deguara, for example, could easily have a 50 catch season. You know, one of them's waiting to break out. So yeah, I, I, yeah, lots of potential here. Can't wait, can't wait. Well, we still have a couple of unsigned draft picks: uh, Zach Tom, Daubs, and Watson. Our roster is at 90 players right now. And we still have Alan Lazard to sign his unrestricted. So we still got some roster juggling to go around. When do you expect Lazard to sign his contract? Is this something that the Packers uh, can benefit from having an extra player to look at during the next camp or two? Or do you expect him to come in and sign and, you know, we're dumping somebody? How does that work for you, Peter? Yeah, I think they're both in there. I, I, I think that. It gives the Packers some more time, so I don't think there's an urgency from that perspective. And I would imagine that the conversation in there right now is about how do they structure that one-year one-year deal? You know, are they throwing void years on the end of it to reduce his cap number? That kind of thing, because he knows the number he's getting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't I don't think there's any any real issue in there. I just don't think there's been a an urgency to have to have to get the, you know dot all the I's and cross and cross all the T's at, at this stage. Yeah. Well, do you think there's a, there's a, a chance that they're actually working on a contract? You know, yeah, I, uh, think that's, 
a real yeah, contract. I think, yeah, I think, and I think that's a, that's an absolutely great point. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yes. So, so the one-year deal, whether it's got void years or whatever on the end of it, is your is your fallback position. But yeah, absolutely, absolutely, three or four-year deal, whatever that looks like. Gosh, what does that look like? What does a four-year deal for Alan Lazard, who's good, who could argue, uh, you know, the number one receiver status? Mm. Well, you got you got to go on production. What, what, you know what he's done, and there there's significant value that he brings to the team. Uh, he is, you know, maybe the best blocking wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, he does a lot of dirty work for us, and that's not the kind of stuff that guys typically get paid a lot for. Yeah, and it, and it, and and I guess it wouldn't be difficult to do a deal where where the average per year looked high, but actually a lot of the money's in the in the later years where it's a deal they could get out of if they needed to get out of it. So 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 yeah, I mean I th- I I wouldn't even I haven't even given it any thought really to try and guess what those numbers would be, but I I'm, I'm sure that they can come to a deal that looks good. Yeah. I mean his cap hit is 3.986 this year. Unrestricted free agent next year. Let's hope something gets done. Let's talk about this receiver room though because real quick the receivers that we were talking about and how does this fit in and how does Amari Rogers fit in um, with the draft selections they did came down to Samari tour and where we thought, would they keep six? Would they keep second, seven receivers? Does he make that kind of impact on special teams? Um, I just think we're kind of sleeping on Amari Rogers. You know, I went down a little bit of a YouTube wormhole on him. It just seems like he would fit great. I just, you know, where are the opportunities for him? I, I, I don't know where that timeshare comes in. What do you think we're doing with this uh, with this selection here from last year, Peter? So I, I would be surprised at this stage if they moved on from Amari Rogers, unless they've lost complete faith in him. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it and it does scream at looking like there is a decent chance they keep seven. Now really? clearly that mean that means somebody at a different position doesn't doesn't make it but we also have to understand that when you get to camp when you get to preseason, yeah. there will be a guy that gets hurt Always and it might and it you know and it might be a guy that that's only hurt to begin the season or you know somebody that goes on the pup list in 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 camp that can come back later there will there will be a guy but it it, it does smack of them keeping seven and that and that seven probably doesn't even include Malik Taylor and I, and I know that um or Winfrey you know or or or, or Winfrey mm-hmm. um you know and and I think that despite his difficulties last year I I think Malik Taylor's still got a chance of making of making this team and that would be the eighth the eighth guy so but my my guess is they keep seven. I haven't sat and worked out the numbers and what that means in the in the other spots, but mm-hmm. th- that would be that would be my guess. Let me give a quick rundown here. So we got Chris Blair, Randall Cobb, Rico Gafford, Amari Rogers, Malik Taylor, Samari Tour, Sammy Watkins, Jawan Winfrey, Alan Lazard, Dobbs, Watson. Now let's just run this down quick. So we're definitely keeping Watson. We're definitely keeping Dobbs. We're definitely keeping Lazard. That's three. We're definitely keeping Watson in my mind. That's four. But he might be the odd one out. Am I? Uh... I think you might have countered him twice. No, no. Watkins. 
Well, we got Christian Watson, Watson. Oh, that's and what Watkins. I got. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, Amari Rogers is five. Randall Cobb is six. So the question comes in. Rico Gafford. Malik Taylor. Juwan Winfrey. Hmm. It's a tough group. Those are all experienced is- Packers right there. Juwan Winfrey's made a, a big strides, I think. Um, you know, Peter, Eric and I were talking yesterday and, and something that I've advocated for years. Uh, and uh, we just had a discussion about giving him a wide receiver contract. But that's the, you know, the move tight end position is basically what Lazard did the second half of last year. And if he moved to the tight end group with Davis, Tunyon, Degara, and and uh, Mercedes Lewis, there's there's your five tight end group, and it makes a spot open on the wide receiver. Now you lose Daphne, and you lose uh, uh, you lose a little bit on the bottom of that. But you know, and we love we love Dominic Daphne, but you know he's he's more of an H back than a tight end, and it's not something that we really use that much. And it just seems like that's that's a great way of adding, you know, the the guy is a blocking machine. He blocks better than Tanya and he's a lot smaller. He's taller, but he's not as, you know, he's not as big bodied uh, as a Tanya. And, you know, you look at a lot of these move tight ends. They're not blockers. Um, I don't know. I just I, I like the idea of adding that set of reliable. You could call him Lazard a tight end since we got him as an undraft. <laughs> we should move him to tight end. We should move the tight end. No yep. man, he's a receiver. He's a receiver. I yeah. I mean, it's it's at that point you're just uh, playing a numbers game. It doesn't matter where you put him. I mean, taller and yeah. faster. Taller and faster than Jermichael Finley. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think what you start looking at is you start looking at the guys at the bottom end of each each of the positions. You know the running backs, tight ends, wide receiver. And, and, and you look at those guys and you're thinking, who of those guys can I sneak through waivers at the 53 and then bring them back immediately when I put one of the other guys on, on injured reserve? You know, can I sneak a Kylin Hill through waivers, for example? And the answer is probably yes, if he's fit to play at that point. You know, can I sneak a Dominic Daphne through waivers? Quite possibly. Um, could I sneak a Malik Taylor through waivers? Probably. Could I sneak a Amari Rogers through waivers? Probably not, because somebody would take somebody would take a chance on him. So, so you start looking at those guys, and you, you know, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. For example, that they get to the final fifty-three only keeping two running backs, knowing that they are immediately going to bring one of the other guys back, whether that's Hill, whether that's Taylor, um, just to be able to sneak one of the injured players onto the onto the roster at the final fifty-three then put him on injury reserve knowing you can then bring him back. Um, you know, they could even do that with a Kurt Benkert. So they could go with two mm-hmm. quarterback, then bring Benkert back. Because um, I think there's so many things that they can they can do there. Um, it's a whole show, isn't it, to sit down and work our way through the through the 53 man through the 53 man roster. And then and then we'll throw in that name, whoever it might be, as we said earlier, there's going to be one guy that we're probably not even named yet. It's probably going to make the team who's who's the summer who's the summer superstar that comes from nowhere. Oh. I can't wait. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. take for example take for example, let me throw you a name out there. And he's it, been with the team for, for a couple of years now, Randy Ramsey. Right. So mm-hmm. there's a guy that the that the Packers, we know the Packers have been high on him. He's had injuries and everything else, and it hasn't quite worked out for him. That type of guy, he's not an undrafted free agent in the sense that he's 
an undrafted free agent this year. But it's the type of guy that you could immediately look at it and think, well, that guy's not making the roster. But that could be the type of guy that actually could have a fantastic camp mm-hmm. and all of a sudden is your number three or number four edge guy because you know that they like him. Mm-hmm. It's just not been able for injuries and for other reasons, just not been able to take the next step, if you like. But that could be a guy that takes the next step. Could be one of last year's draftees. Yeah? And Isaiah McDuffie almost comes out of nowhere and takes the next step. So there's so many things in there and the offensive line, which we have hardly mentioned, the battles there in camp are going to be absolutely incredible. I mean, those would be worth watching just by themselves. You know, you could spend a whole summer just watching those and the different combinations of the line that they're going to try. And we've already seen them trying, you know, because some of those guys could line up anywhere. Zach Tom can line up anywhere on the line. You know, we don't know where, you know, Elton Jenkins is going to play when he comes back. We, we don't we don't know where, you know, does Josh Myers play center or does Zach Tom play center? Or does Myers work out at guard? We don't know any of these things. There's so many questions there. It's going to be the most interesting group of the summer without a doubt. Can't wait. Mm. I mean, guys, I was excited about just a little while ago, Mike Manet out of Penn State. When we signed him, I was like, oh, this is a great pickup. I remember looking at him in the draft and maybe he would be a late, you know, late round addition for us because Jake Hansen hasn't done a whole lot for us. Um, you know, we do have this unrestricted Cole Schneider, six three, three hundred and nine pounds. He's another center that came on um, as well. But yeah, then the offensive line group, where are the guards shake? The guards have been completely transformed in our offense from Lucas Patrick. Um, it's just, it's, it's just completely, completely changed. I just go back to what Scott Wells did as our center to what we have right now at our center at six, five, um, it's just crazy how how much size we've gotten. It's just, it's so, it's beautiful. It, it, it really is. And it isn't so long ago that we were talking about, is Elton Jenkins the center of the future? Yeah. And we're yeah. not even talking about that now. You yeah. know, it's, it's this Jenkins future at left guard or at right mm-hmm. tackle is now the conversation mm-hmm. we're having. Um, Wherever the fantastic. most money pays him is where he's going <laughs> to yeah. end up. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> he, he's going to get paid like a starting tackle, no matter where he's paying mm-hmm. There's just he's just so versatile. That's one of the great things about Zach Tom, whether he winds up playing at guard or center or as a as a fill in guy for either. You no longer the temptation to go with Elton Jenkins at center is gone with Zach Tom. So you can keep him out at tackle where where he's going to solidify. Uh, Boy, what an offensive line. God. Just well, look at look, look at the him. depth we have at center. Then, right there, yep. you know, with Zach Tom Three. as a backup Three. that that can play really. If he's focused just on the interior positions right now, as a backup, that is so valuable because you erase three other roster positions right there that you have taking up space. The big question, you know, we could talk about Yash as a possible starter at, at right tackle, but you know, does Newman have a possibility to go out to? right tackle because it seems like the competition is going to be opened for everybody right because that i i think we saw enough of him that maybe we'd like to see some other guys get those opportunities because i don't know how we keep sean ryan off the field is he somebody peter that you think is kind of the closest to step in and start at a guard position for us yeah or possibly I, I, tackle yeah i mean i i i think i'd be surprised certainly if he didn't head into preseason as, as the starting as the starting right guard that would that would surprise me um and yeah it, i mean I'm, I'm just looking at that depth now and it's you know you know you could make a case 
for going into the season with just eight of those guys because of the vers- versatility. Mm-hmm. And of course, again, we've just been talking about this. Elton Jenkins quite possibly will go into the season on the physically unable to yep. perform list. Yep, that's coming plan. back in week three, four, five, six, seven, whenever whenever that might be, which means you could keep an extra guy and then not actually have to make that decision until yep. until Jenkins comes back. Yep. Um, but, you know, you look at that and you look at the top eight or nine there and actually you don't want to expose any of those guys to waivers because, yeah. you know, Sounds another team's going to pick those pick those guys up. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the thing. When you do, when you make the final cut down to 53, there's 32 teams doing it and a lot of guys out there. Three weeks into the season, when you put somebody on waivers, or six weeks into the after the pup is up, everybody's seeing that one player, and it's a. I think it's much much harder that way. Yep, yep, and of course there may be. You know, you raise a good point in reverse. There may be a guy on another team that gets cut that cut down to fifty three, that could be that fifty third player that could turn yeah. out to be the the star. Yeah. Yeah, the Dennis Kelly of the crew. Dennis Kelly hey, just got signed by the Colts, as a matter of fact. So, hey, hey, do we, do we have any? Uh, I have not seen anything. Do we have any idea? Just speaking of pup uh, specifically, what what Robert Tunyon's situation is in his uh, in his comeback is is he a guy that's a, a likely pup guy or is he a guy that might be ready to go week one? I have not heard anything quick, quick. on his uh, status. I I I I haven't heard a thing either. Hmm. That's another way to sneak a tight end or a yeah, wide receiver yeah. on there is if he's on the pup, he's on the pup. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm, yep. I, I think Kylan Hill is another option for us to throw on the pup as well with that ACL. I mean, that's two positions right there. So those are those are fun things. It's time to get the spreadsheet out, boys, and start. Well, yeah. I know you got one, Peter, but start to get uh, the color codes going and see who's going to be possible. <laughs> I, I, the team is going to have the best offseason. I said it on the last show. I wish we were uh, able to get those press passes to hang out on the sidelines to watch these competitions because I've just never been more excited to see young, fierce, crazy offensive linemen, versatility, and to see actual holes for our running backs that are, I don't know, they could be consistently huge, you know, because these are big bodies. Our seventh round pick is six six. <laughs> yeah, give give Dylan a little bit of running room to build up some speed into the mm. secondary. <laughs> and you just yeah, think we- that Quay Walker's two hundred forty one pounds at six four, and uh, Dylan is six two two fifty six one two fifty compact. Oh man, I'd hate to be a linebacker with him. Yeah. I- Absolutely. And then you look through the roster and you think we've got that great strength offensive line, great competition. But you know what's going to be great competition? Who's the third, fourth, fifth safety on this oh, team? Gosh. Great competition going going on going on there. We know who the starters are. Mm-hmm. What's going on behind them? It's another great different type of competition, but it's another great competition. Who's the fourth corner? You know, do they do they sign another guy? Does do they think of Kevin King? Mm-hmm. You know, it's there's some great questions and some great competition all the way through this, all the way through this team, and that's that's great to look forward to. Yeah, you know, Peter, we talked about Kevin King the other day, and and, and I'm just thinking at this point, at this point, he's nothing more than a than a, than a league minimum. He's 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 not a contract guy, yep. but if yep. you can bring Kevin King onto this team as your number four corner for depth at that kind of salary cap, uh, there isn't a team in the league that's got anyone who's anywhere near as good as Kevin King is as their fourth corner. That's, that's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. 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 And, and, and then, 
and then you've got the four that talked about and then you've got the guy they picked up from the Raiders as, as a fifth corner special teams guy you've still got the guy that they drafted last year Shamal John Charles it's you know it that to me looks looks great and who knows whether any of those guys you know we always talk about where well, you can convert this guy to safety or convert that guy to safety but maybe one of those guys can convert to safety and all of a sudden you help the safety spot as well mm-hmm. Well, KBN that's that's my <laughs> that's that's my sneaky trick this year is he's moving to safety. So what 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 I'm what I'm thinking, Eric, is that at the end of every season, it's no longer an all Madden team. God rest God rest his soul. It's now going to be an all Boomer team. Yeah. <laughs> of which of which K B Ento and Josh Diamond are kind of the honorary. Permanent members. <laughs> well, what, you know, this is going to be the third year. Why is he still around? I mean, <laughs> if he doesn't have something that not only Gutekunst, but but Lafleur and Barry like, why is the kid still around? We saw why Nyman was around last year. We, I mean, you, you, we, we saw the body. We fell in love with that guy the first time we saw him. I mean, just a monster. That's right. And, and, and he, he, he earned it and he proved it. Uh, can Ento we know, do it? We know why Ento. They listen to the show. <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> I really hope not. Uh, I, it's exciting all the way around. And you know you know that uh, Carpenter is not going to be playing safety at 230 pounds. Uh, he's listed that right now on the roster. But I'm still going to keep my eyes open for Sean Davis from Florida. Um, he didn't, you know, he had like a 60 grade coming out of college, a couple of interceptions. He uh, he is five eleven, but he's over two hundred pounds. I don't know. I, I'm going to keep my eyes on him because we know what we got out of Enos Gaines. You know, really, we talked about him yesterday on the phone. Air kind of reckless, uh, but had so much just smacking potential. But you know, and I'm going with him. Yeah. I'm going with him for the number. This is going to be like our running back competition. We're going to have mm-hmm. a running back competition. We'll have a safety competition. And then sometime after we get done with this, we'll pick our wide receiver competition for that yeah. sixth sixth spot. Yeah, but let me ask one question before we uh, wrap up the uh, wrap up the show here. Is Vernon Scott somebody that we should be considering just kind of a, a write-off, or is there something still in Vernon Scott that we can tap and become a solid number three no idea he was on the roster all of last year not healthy scratch uh played special teams zero defensive snaps last year another guy like ento why is why is he still around if we don't see something in him yeah i would i would totally agree with that i i just i just don't know um and and it may be he's he's a guy that takes a, a second year third year leap he hasn't come through yet you know it was a seventh round pick he was something like the 49th safety on my board for whatever that counts for in that in that draft so he's, he's you know it was a surprising pick to me at the time but they they obviously saw enough in him to like him um you know and, and maybe with the new with the new special teams coach he becomes a special teams demon and you, and you have to have those guys you know and, and, and that is you know raising that point i think that's a really important point when we get to the who's the fourth safety or the fifth or sixth corner or the fourth inside linebacker. We want the special teams demons because yeah. those guys are very rarely going to play defense, but we want those special teams coverage guys. Yeah. Well, look at the seven round with two guys that I think, you know, have the potential to at least on special teams contribute right away. Uh, and that's, uh, that's Toure who can gun as well as return. 
And as Eric just mentioned, Tariq Carpenter, can you imagine that guy coming down? He might get yep. prosecuted for some uh, return hits. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I want to get final thoughts uh, from you. Let's start off with just please answer this question. Who are you most excited about on the offensive line to watch this camp? Start with you, Ark. Sean Ryan. Um, I think I think like Peter mentioned earlier, uh, I I would disagree with him in the sense that I think that he's uh, not going to come into camp as the starting right guard, but I think he's going to leave camp as the starting right camp right guard. Um, I think that you know that whole traditional thing you got to you got to beat somebody to take their spot kind of you know macho crap. But I, I he's I just think that kid uh, it's just ridiculous. And 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 then one B of course is Zach Tom. Can't wait to see what the heck we do with him. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Peter? Yeah, and Zach Tom was going to be my 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 answer to that one after Sean Ryan. And for for me, it's 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 as much to see where he ends up playing and how many different positions they try him at. You know, can he play center? Can he play both the guard spots? Could he play right tackle? Could he even fill in for a while? Just going to be just going to be so interesting to see how they how they use Zach Tom. Yeah. The guy that I'm most interested to see is no other than John Runyon. Having the left side of the line solidified like it has the last couple of years, it's not a bad thing. But, again, he's he's 300 pounds. He's got experience. What I saw out of Sean Ryan playing left tackle and how he shut down, you know, top 10 defensive end Thibodeau, his size and, and thinking of him – playing left guard is that a possibility because if we're going to put the five best players out there i started thinking bakhtiari ryan myers that right guard is that going to be tom you know who's that next to yash uh, is it newman I, I you know i just think about the size the bodies everything else uh, sean ryan is just is, is He's the biggest piece for the offseason off offensive line. And I think, you know, our veterans, Newman, uh, of course, he's on notice. But Runyon, I, could he be replaced on the left side? And is that a bad thing? I don't know. I'll leave that for everybody else to ponder. Well, a- absolutely. Who are the two, two most nervous Green Bay Packers after the draft? Newman and Runyon. Yeah. Because the message was loud and clear. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hopefully they respond. I mean, and, and that, that's, that's why you do that. You know, yeah. that's... I just think Newman's just got to make one decision, okay? You're either going to shave your head, go crew cut, or you're going to go full-on mullet. We need to see a little more. (laughs) You know what I mean? If you're going to go Wisconsin mullet, there's a certain signature to it. He's not there quite yet, but uh, but he could be. (laughs) Anyway, guys, uh, thanks for uh, listening to us. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast. Hey, man, we we got – man – you know, Pete, everybody out there, I appreciate you guys going out to iTunes, giving us that five-star rating. But, man, Eric, somebody gave us a one-star rating. We'll figure that out. But, hey, appreciate everybody out there listening to us, sharing, liking, subscribing. We had a fun time with the Packer Party on Friday night. That one's uh, that one's going to become a monthly, man. We just love hanging out with those people. We got a huge crew uh, from the old Acme Army fam that's been with us through thick and thin. So uh, appreciate everybody that had joined us and listened to that podcast. And uh, Peter Jones, let everybody know where they can find you out there on the socials. Yeah, at the underscore it underscore hedgehog and regularly on the abg cheese podcast yes yes and shout out to dale and todd at the average cheese and listen um i still look at your draft guide i'm still reflecting back on it from 
You realize the draft's, that... the draft's over now, right? Yeah, I know, but yeah, right okay. now, but right now, <laughs> you can actually. I have a little file that I'm starting, so I can go back retroactively and look at where we were and how things shake out, just to really give you my own grade. You know, Peter, I'm not going to let you slide on some of this. I got to start giving <laughs> you shit like I give a boomer. Um, but hey, boomer. Well, I would just say. As always, uh, it's it's a pleasure and a privilege to have the great Peter Jones on our podcast. Uh, and I just I have to hit at that uh, that a draft guide uh, one last time uh, earlier in this uh, podcast. Uh, he mentioned uh, the number 49. He had number 49 uh, in the safety group or somebody. And he wasn't kidding. That's the detail. This guy's probably got deep psychological issues i don't know but but when when you're that deep on vernon scott <laughs> that gives you the level of commitment to the project that peter brings every year it's fabulous uh, and as always uh, thank you very much peter we sure appreciate you uh, dropping some wisdom on us and with that go back go back go Sugar, 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 sugar